0: Welcome into the Full Tilt Debbie podcast where we tilt so you don't have to. I'm your host, Dynasty Coach A, not Lucas Gilbert tonight. Uh, In fact, this is not Andy Starr joining me tonight. (laughs) Tonight, it's a little bit of the Debbie devotional mixed in with the Full Tilt Debbie pod. We have Aaron Wilcox at Aaron Wilcox 86 normally my co-host on the Debbie devotional joining us tonight. Andy couldn't make it. Lucas isn't feeling great. But we still wanted to talk to you guys about some freshmen, the incoming recruits for this uh, for this offseason. And we're pretty excited to do it. Uh, And honestly, I, I wouldn't want to bring anyone else on other than Aaron, because I mean, even going back as far as when we started the Debbie devotional a few years ago. He was the one that, you know, was always all about the freshmen, all about the recruits, you know, diving deep into names that I'd never heard of. And so, yeah, I love picking his brains about it. But first, let's find out how Aaron is doing. How are you doing there, buddy? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me
1: on. Always pleasure to be
0: on the Full Tilt Debbie
1: podcast. And, you know, maybe not the full crew here tonight, but we are going to do, um, well, we're going to have fun. We're going to have a great conversation here about some incoming freshmen. That's for sure
0: absolutely Toronto Dave is in the chat of course it is party time what's up Dave but like I said we're here to talk about the freshman recruits uh, that has not been my strong suit in the past uh, and this year I decided that is going to change and I I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to change I wasn't sure uh, what I was going to do I just knew that I was going to figure out a way to at least have an idea of who these these players are um at least know their names you know at the very least well, Uh, You know, I I did a lot of research last offseason. I've talked about it on both pods. And, you know, and honestly, I wanted to utilize that research looking into basically, you know, who hits in the NFL. So, you know, for Debbie purposes, that's obviously extremely important. You know, what freshman recruits hit in the NFL. And obviously, you know, we can you can go read those articles. We can dive into all that uh, research later on. But like quick uh, snippets of it is. Basically, you want to look at, you know, SEC players, you want to focus on running backs for, you know, for the most part, and uh, you'd never, ever want to draft tight ends, essentially. Like, those are, like, the the minor things. Wide receivers are okay, Uh, you know, QBs are okay, but really you want to focus on the running backs, but, uh, so I wanted to, to utilize that research and then go see if I can figure out a way to you know you know, make my own freshman rankings and so that's what i did and the thing is i'm a stat based guy I, I i look up metrics i do all that kind of stuff you cannot find consistent uh you know believable stats from high school it's just not possible and so that was never you know going to work out that was never going to happen so what i ended up doing is said you know what there's all these services 247 sports on three all that kind of stuff i'm just going to utilize these people and they create a score they put out the composite score every year and i'm just going to trust them and say it's not perfect it's not great you know it's not 100 accurate or anything like that but i'm going to trust them to do their jobs and then i'm going to add in all of that research and everything and go from there and so that i i have created a system and uh and here we are so i'm i'm, I'm pretty excited to talk about it tonight Aaron, on the other hand, obviously has a a completely different way of of looking at the freshman, and and so you know we're going to get you know two different views or two different points of view uh, tonight. But Aaron, how do you go about you know with your process for looking at the fresh?
1: Yeah, and I think that like you said, you'll get into your process a little bit, but I, I think in some ways very similar. I kind of start off with some of the same things that you're looking at. I don't necessarily have the objective, quantifiable. Um, Maybe ratings for like an SEC team and and how that would compare to, you know, maybe like a G5 or, you know, maybe one of the big 12 or whatever types of teams but i do look at for sure the landing spot as a small part of that and and recruit ranking of course i mean that has some correlation for sure with these players talents but we just know that the recruiting services are never perfect so at the end of the day we want to make sure that are they missing somebody are they too slow or too fast to react um are they kind of still i think that this year they've been pretty reactive because when i was talking about some of these freshmen the other week with John it's like some of these guys they had fallen within the last month like pretty significantly they hadn't really done anything to like I guess it's not like they suddenly got injured or, or they are suddenly bad but it's just that the recruit services they're just a little delayed in their reaction sometimes so I think that now that they're finally caught up we can kind of put a little bit more stock into those ratings Um But understand that those ones, um, there's a lot more to these players. So landing spot matters. The um, production, like John said, it's really hard to always find that. But when you're able to kind of dig into some of these players, it's always interesting to see what you find. Because when we're evaluating Devy players, we want good producers, right? At the end of the day, we want guys who have been able to put out a really good product that we think will translate. I try to do the same thing as much as I can on the um, high school side, looking into those guys' production in in the context of their offenses. Um, The guys at C2C have some interesting metrics that I've been able to look at um, to also help with that evaluation. And then, for example, at the running back position, I really value those athletic scores. So the 100-meter dash times, the -the on-the-field miles, per hour scores you want above 20 that's for sure and of course the size right the size height all all those things they matter so I kind of take into account all those different factors and then basically it's like the guys who really check a lot of those boxes and are exciting um, definitely make their way up into those upper tiers for me and I'm just kind of differentiating then if I have them ranked maybe similarly as players, well, then there's the landing spot, then there's the SEC versus, you know, a little bit lower level um, team or something like that, that can make a little bit of a a difference, a tier break, if you will,
0: uh, between these guys. Yeah, and it was really interesting uh, for me just talking to you and, you know, trying to hone in my process is, you know, like you were saying how like the, the scores, the recruit grades change, you know, over time. And I guess I didn't realize how often or, or how much it can change. And because, you know, you're sitting there going, well, why do you have this guy ahead of this guy? Because, you know, I'm, just the way that you're doing things, I would assume that this guy would be higher. And they're like, well, no, because the recruit grades actually higher on this guy. And I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't the case two weeks ago, three weeks ago or whatever. So, um, it, you know, it's really interesting. I guess, I think, I believe they're done now. With the actual changes like they have a final score in so it shouldn't be changing anymore or at least not too much uh from here but uh it, you know that was just interesting you know like really the first time that i've dove into these freshmen that you know i didn't really realize that it changed that much, obviously, I know like year to year it changes, but I didn't even realize within like a few weeks it can change and all that, and we have uh mile high Luke is in the chat he said what's up, fellows love off season football talk of course, I mean that's what we're all about. We never stop uh, always talking about uh football freshmen something you know we're we're ta- always talking about debbie that's that's just kind of what we do but <laughs> um. Getting a little more into my process, the way that I built it out, kind of like you were saying with with the running backs, it's pretty easy uh, because it's, you know, where did you end up? And did you end up in the Pac-12, which, you know, doesn't really exist anymore? Did you end up in the Big Ten? Did you end up in the SEC um, you know, that, that's, that's one factor because, you know, unfortunately it does matter. You know, you would think and hope that it, you know, really wouldn't change too much, but you know, somebody going to Arizona is not the same thing as somebody going to Alabama. It's just, it's just not. And so, you know, you, you, you if you have two recruits, they're exactly the same and one ends up at Alabama, I'm sorry, but I'm going to pick the Alabama guy, <laughs> you know, like that, that's just how it's going to work out. But then of course, you know, with the running backs, it's it's so easy to just look at the size and say, hey, is this a realistic size for a Debbie player? You know, is this a player that's going to make it into the NFL? Or are they 100, you know, five 5'7", 170 pounds? You know, okay, I don't really care about this guy, <laughs> you know, and, and is this guy, you know, 5'12", or 5'12", 5'11", and, uh, and, you know, 215. Okay, that's, that's piqued my interest, you know? And, and so I go through and I do that and I basically just built a, a like a simple way for it to factor in the different sizes and do all that. And so it adds all that kind of stuff up and then it, it, you know, gives me a final grade on the players and then I'm able to rank them from there. So I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm that I'm, I'm changing the game of freshman recruits or anything, but I think it does give me at least an idea of, you know, like I said, uh, having a roundabout idea of where these players should be, and how I should feel about them and you know where I might not be able to sit here and argue with you about like no this guy's ahead of this guy but I might be able to say okay well I have this guy 20 spots lower than you do something's not right here (laughs) like like something's not adding up and now we can sit here and figure out why is that you know what are you seeing that I'm not seeing like that kind of thing what is what is Beth seeing that, that you're not seeing and vice versa yeah,
1: yeah, I I like that, and and the ultimate idea, or I guess my thoughts on on what you've been doing is it's a great framework then to kind of build off of as you dive deeper, maybe into a, a player's profile, and you say, hey, they checked all these boxes, they've been able to you know rate rate out pretty highly in in that framework that you've been building, John, then from there, see, okay, well, this guy was actually really not explosive in high school. Like, I don't know why the recruit services had him this high. I don't think he'll actually be a big time contributor at a major uh, P4 school because of those, you know, X, Y, or Z reasons or vice versa maybe. Um, But yeah, I think it's a great starting framework and that's really what we need as we start getting into these freshmen. Um, And I do think that your process also is interesting because we can almost quantify and compare just as a whole, maybe classes, but like, for example, this year's freshman class compared to last year, I thought it was really neat how you're able to pull in some of those guys and see how like a a Richard Young or, or, um, Ruben Owens or CJ Baxter and all those guys compared to the running backs in this class. Um, that's the nice part about having that, I guess objective or at least quantifiable number out there. And that's what some of the guys at C2C are doing with their freshman ranks. Um, unfortunately, with the recruiting services, I, I don't know really what goes into their process. So sometimes those recruit grades are, are kind of all over the place. But it is nice to be able to compare that year to year. I, I guess, John, what are your thoughts with this year's incoming freshman class? Do you have any big thoughts um, in comparison to last year's?
0: Yeah, actually, you know, like you said, it, it's nice to be able to compare them, you know, without really having like a true uh, feeling on, on certain players or whatever. Like, I, I don't love this player because you know, never, I don't even know their names until, you know, I put them into the model and do all that. So, like, you know, I, I don't have a, a bias towards anyone, but just looking at it objectively, you know, I would say that this is a pretty crappy running back class, um, you know, overall. Not to say that there's no good running backs in it or anything like that, but I, I would just say that, um, you know, compare comparatively to last year, there, there seems to have been a lot more higher end prospects or or recruits. Uh, you know, so maybe, maybe there's the same or, or similar, a number of like the middle tier guys, but you didn't have that high, you know, top tier players like, you know, in the Cedric Baxter's, the justice Haynes, you know, even, even Ruben Owens, you know, up there, even though he maybe not worked, you know, didn't quite work out or anything like that just yet. But um, at least as a recruit, you know, he, he was a pretty high end recruit and and people were pretty damn excited about him going into last off season. So, you know, just looking at it that way, like I, we, we don't have to get into the end indiv- of individual players just yet, but like, I feel like there's a very clear cut one running back. There's a tier of one in this class. And then we get into everyone else. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but you know, that's just the way that I'm seeing. That's the way that, that, uh, freshbeth as i'm calling her is is seeing it and you know but in the inverse it's a pretty damn good wide receiver class you know and, and probably even better than last year uh you know and maybe even one of the better ones in the past few years because i mean you have you have multiple players that you know people are calling like generational and all that kind of stuff which we you know we laugh at and, and we know it's hilarious but you know, it just shows you that they're that, that good of a prospect. And, you know, like that, we should be pretty damn excited about them. So, uh, you know, the running back class, not so great wide receivers, pretty damn good. (laughs) You know, I've quite a few in my top 12 players, I would say, you know, the majority of them are wide receivers, you know, for this class and, and, you know, that's probably pretty common, but, you know, I would say there's normally more running backs. Are you kind of getting the same vibe there? Yeah, I I am getting the same vibe from this class. And, I I do think that
1: some of these running backs are a bit underrated, but that's more so the depth, maybe not the high quality or the established quote unquote safe guys. But as you've demonstrated in research, there's not a lot of safe freshmen overall. So at the end of the day, I mean, we can like these guys, but that by no means that uh, means that they're actually going to hit. So, but it'll be interesting to kind of break down this class. There was a recent mock that was um, put out by campus to and they tweeted it out. Um, so it's out there. It's the results came in first five rounds, um, is the picture that you and I have looked at what right now, I guess, do you have any thoughts on this mock first off and then maybe any big issues with players taken or what do you like? Not like otherwise.
0: Sorry, I was typing something. (laughs) I, uh, yeah. You know, just looking through the mock and, you know, once again, I'm not trying to act like I'm the, the end all be all now, just because I, you know, created some system or anything like that. So I, I don't want to act like I know better than anyone else, but you know, I, I do think there were some surprises, um, here. And the, the first one was, uh, you know, it, it, it the, uh, the first QB off the board was DJ Lagway, for, you know, for Florida. And I think that's kind of a surprise. I, I don't think that that would be the consensus, you know, for, for most people. And, um, and honestly, I'm a Florida Gator fan. I, you know, have been for years, you know, basically my whole life. And I would be scared of any quarterback going to Florida because when was the last time we had a good quarterback? Yeah, like so, uh, you know, I want to believe in DJ Lagway, but man, it's just hard to get past that like that feeling like we'll never actually have another good quarterback ever again. Uh, you know, but beyond that, it just seems like I mean, Dylan Rayola went at the 108 in this draft. Like what did he do to these people? I don't really understand because, um, you know, I'm not saying that he's, you know, so much higher, so much better than Lagway. Um, you know, I have them pretty close, you know, ranked in the model, but I I feel like as far as, you know, like getting on the stepping on the field day one, you know, like everything, just knowing that he is the system, he is the guy. Why wouldn't you want to draft Dylan Rayola beyond the fact that he's going to, you know, Nebraska in the big 10?
1: Yeah, I think I'm there with you. Like DJ legway, just seems like an unnecessary risk. And I, I guess I do understand the idea of maybe C to C upside, but at the same time, it's like, what is Florida doing from a production standpoint with their quarterbacks? Even when Anthony Richardson was there, it's like, and eh, he's not really giving you this high end starting side for your campus roster. And maybe it's just the eventual NFL upside. People love that. But I think who is going to be able to develop a little bit better between him and Rayola? And I I think Rayola. And I can't believe that Julian Sain actually went ahead of Rayola as well just because, I mean, I think Sain's a talented passer, but like we've had pretty solid passers coming into college, not really make much of an impact at Ohio State or not even be able to hold down the job. Look at Kyle McCord. Look at Devin Brown and Lincoln kind holes. I mean, not really saying that he was that great of a recruit, but just those guys easily getting replaced, leapfrogged. I think that Julian Sands not going to necessarily play um, year one unless something, I guess, maybe surprising happens. Um, just with a team that's set up to try to push for a championship, it's just too risky, in my opinion, to have a guy who's just coming in there now as a true freshman. Um, but at the end of the day, Dylan Rayola, QB1 for, myself, it sounds like it's that way for you. So I think that's a steal. If you can get him in the mid, um, mid to late first area in your, in your supplemental drafts, I don't think he's going to fall that far typically, but, um, that was an interesting, interesting selection. And I think one other thought from looking at this first five rounds of this mock is that similar to a point I already made is that the running back class kind of, meh. you don't see a lot of, Running backs going off early. You start seeing a bunch in the second round. Um, Only one first round running back taken. That was Quinton Martin going to Penn State. And I think going back down to even the fifth round, you can still find some kind of solid guys like Kidron Young. uh, Notre Dame back. Didn't even go to the late fifth. Jordan Lyle talented i think he's off to double check rb1 for one of the recruiting services and if jordan lyle ends up being a little bit bigger than like he's 190 in a lot of places i've seen if he ends up being more like 200 that is such a steal there at the very end of the fifth so i, I do think that there's a little bit of depth um to these running backs it just depends how your draft's going to play out though ultimately
0: yeah, and with Lyle, I actually have him listed as 180, just because that's what 247 has him listed at, and so hopefully we'll get some clarity on that in the spring, spring practices and weigh-ins and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, for now, I'm just trying to stay as consistent as possible, so I'm just sticking with using 247's um, weights and heights and weights for everyone. Uh, that way, at least I'm getting it from the same source and all that kind of stuff. Not saying it's right or wrong, um, but yeah, the, the Young going in the fifth round just seems egregious. I don't, I don't know the disdain for Notre Dame running backs. I don't, I don't quite get it because I, if anything, we've seen them actually be pretty damn good recently, but um I wanted to go, I wanted to actually jump back up to the first round and I don't mean to harp on the, the QBs, but sell me on Walker white in the first, because I don't get it. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I know that people seem to be getting pretty excited about him. I understand that they have two high-end recruits going there, uh, as far as wide receivers, and and you know, like there's reasons to be excited about Auburn. But a true freshman QBs generally don't start week one or even year one, and and B, you know, we talked about my sleeper prospect. You know, I'm not saying that he that he's uh, that he's definitely guaranteed the job or anything like that. But I actually don't hate Hank Brown all that much. And, um, obviously Peyton Thorne still there as well. So, I mean, like there's, there's definitely no guarantee that it's just going to be Walker white e- even going into next year. Um, if anything, I would say that Hank Brown at least has the leg up right now. You know, that's not a guarantee. Like they're both kind of like middling prospects or, or, you know, whatever you want to call them. So I'm not, I don't really have a great feel for like one over the other, but that's another reason why I'm not taking Walker white in the first. And
1: that's fair. I mean, to want to hold off a little bit longer on Walker White, since this draft was exclusively freshman, I guess I, I can understand it saying that there's, there's a fair probability that Walker White is just not going to end up being good. And that's probably true with a lot of these players. And you might as well take the guy who's six foot three, 225 super athletic and has just this cannon arm and just hope that he ends up being this guy that's very much coveted by the NFL. And there is some opportunity just because there's not an established stud starter ahead of him. Like there's you know, some promise there, but I would say that Walker White as, as a higher four-star recruit as high as what QB four in some services, like there, there's a lot of tools there for him to potentially even get on the field uh, year one at some point. So I I think basically it's a tools-based selection there, plenty of risk, but I mean, in a super flex type of format, I just, i think that it's it's fair game even in the late first i know that seems aggressive but then you look at some of the running backs and wide receivers after that point it's like you know how much confidence do you have in in them either
0: yeah absolutely and i, I like i said earlier i was typing something up so i, I wasn't quite listening to everything you said. Um, did we talk about where this mock came from and and you know give C2C their, their due and all that kind of stuff
1: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and I mean C2C puts out a lot of different mocks so this one could be much different than some of the subsequent ones that are coming out here but this freshman only supplemental um, super flex mock is, is something that at least gives us a snapshot of what some of the people who are really into drafting in these types of leagues are thinking at this time of the year and this is likely to change Go to Mount, um but yeah it gives us a nice view and um how about going into maybe the second or maybe any of the later rounds of this mock what stuck out to you additionally john
0: i think the first thing that sticks out to me is david as a hopefully i said that somewhat close um <laughs> and i i don't really get it with him either uh, you know, I, he's not the greatest prospect as far as like a you know, prospect score or anything like that. Uh, you know, he's fine as far as, uh, as, you know, height and size and weight and everything like that's, that's perfectly fine. But, you know, like I said, the, the recruiting services really just don't like him all that much. And it seems like C2C and, and you know, even other Debbie, you know, uh, analysts and everything seem to love him. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe I'm just missing something. I actually went out and did my first film review and I'm doing air quotes on a player because I'm like, I gotta be missing something. Like he's just gotta be that electric or, or whatever it was. And I'm watching him, and I, I didn't, I'm not saying I did like some extensive film review, but I'm watching him. He's an upright runner. Um, I didn't see like, at least in the the clips that I was watching, like I didn't see him actually going up against any like high level competition. I mean, he wasn't like, he wasn't like juking guys out of their, out of their shoes or anything. He just kind of running and like, everyone was just not, there you know like there, there wasn't great tackling there wasn't anything like that Uh, I will say that he did uh, appear to be a really good receiver Um, so I'll give him credit for that but you know adding all that up like receiving is great and we love that Um, and you know maybe you add up the size and you have to add up the receiving profile and that's what people are getting excited about but you know I, I'm I don't want to lean too much on the services, but I do want to say, hey, I mean, he's he's substantially lower than a lot of these other recruits for a reason. And I don't know exactly what that reason is, but uh, I didn't see anything that like maybe th- think I have to have this guy on my team, especially in the second round with other quality, you know, running backs in that range.
1: Yeah, I, and I could see that for sure. I do think that, you know, some of the inputs in your model, Clemson being grouped in with the ACC group, you know They're kind of in a different class um, compared to a lot of the other landing spots there in the ACC. So, I mean, maybe that can make a difference if that was something the model could tweak. But additionally, like you said, the, the recruit services are kind of all over the place with them. I think Rivals did have them RB5. So there are some recruit services and some folks um, there that really do like him, and like you said, the guys at Campus to Cadden. Uh, most of most of us do like him, and I like him as well. But part of it's because of that size-adjusted athleticism, too. What he's doing on the track um, at two hundred plus pounds is is really awesome, and ultimately fair um, landing spot too there. So there's going to be some opportunity there within the next year or two. Depends. I guess how much you think Phil Moffa is a true workhorse. Um, he's, I mean, he ceded a lot of playing time and, and snaps and everything to Will Shipley for years. So I, I have a hard time thinking that he'll be just keeping everybody off the field. But Mume has that opportunity to be kind of that lead guy going forward there. But my comp was actually similar to what you saw for Mume. Like I saw like a Charbonnet type of guy who maybe isn't the most special from really any aspect, but he's a capable receiver. He has that physicality, enough burst, enough power um, as a player. So I I think maybe that selection in this mock draft is a testament to this running back class in general, where people are just, they don't really know what to do with it because it's not the most strong and clear cut top tier options. But speaking of top tier options, um, we can get into who you said is like a clear number 1 in this class amongst the running backs
0: um, if you'd like. Yeah, and and the the people doing this mock did not agree with me. So, you know, take that for what it, what it is, but uh you know, honestly for me, it's Taylor Tatum out of uh, Oklahoma is like the clear-cut guy. And I'm not saying he's leaps and bounds ahead of of the next guy, but I mean there's no one else in the same tier as him. And I will be completely honest, it's basically tier 2. Uh, for the for the recruits because if we're talking about last year with C J Baxter Justice Haynes even um, even God we talked about him earlier what was his name uh, Ruben oh, like, Owens he, okay. yeah. even Ruben Owens was ahead of him as far as uh as far as like the the final grade and everything so not saying he's the perfect prospect not saying he's a guaranteed stud or anything like that but in this class I feel like he does stand out you know above the rest. Uh, he he's 5'10 205 already you know going to a fairly open backfield you know you have Gavin Sawchuk who's probably not a NFL player when it's all said and done i mean he he's electric he's exciting but he's tiny and you know i just i I'm not holding out hope for him to be some, you know, NFL stud or anything like that. Um, and then I cannot remember the other player's name right now, but there was another player that I'm not concerned about at all uh, in that backfield. And so it's essentially just, you know, like, is Tatum going to get on the field day one and be that thunder to Gavin Sachuk's lightning? And I think, yes, he, he will be. And I honestly think he's a good enough running back to where you know i'm not saying like all of a sudden saw is just going to be like off the field or anything like that but you know i feel like he can get a fairly decent sized role in year one and you know at that point you know we're expecting oklahoma to be pretty good people are excited about jackson arnold people are excited about you know some of, of the recruits that we have going there and everything um so why are we not excited about taylor tatum at least based on this draft or this mock where he went at uh let's see 209 you know as rb5 i believe it was you know it just seems like i i'm at least a lot more excited about tatum there yeah and i really like tatum as well he's rb1 in this class for me
1: and yeah i mean he's just a guy who's super productive super well-rounded and he has enough athleticism out there and just basically everything he does he does well maybe not at that elite level, not enough to get like a five star status um, attached to him amongst the recruiting services. But I honestly think that he is just such a solid player. I hate to give out comps. Um, I I don't even think I'm forcing this comp at all, but like he reminds me of a Brees Hall and you remember how people in the Debbie community treated Brees Hall. They treated him like he was average And then they realized with testing and all these other things, like, dang, this guy's actually above average athlete. He's actually a really well-rounded player. And look at what's happened. I mean, unfortunately, Brees Hall has been a little bit injured, but he's shown in the NFL level, like he was a good prospect and a good player. So I really think people hated Brees
0: all the way into, like, all the way past his college career. I mean, it it wasn't until, like you said, the combine and all that, that all of a sudden people were like, oh, this guy's good. It's like, well, where have you been? (laughs) He's been good this whole time yeah don't make that
1: mistake with taylor tatum he is rb1 in the class at least at this very time that's where i have him that's where you have him hey and we're betting he a thousand yeah he's a steal there in the second so but overall yeah we talked about this running back class any anything else with the running back sticking out in this mock or just overall in the class that you wanted to address
0: well, I think, it, you know, I have to go back to Kedron Young. You know, I, I don't understand because Kedron Young is my RB2 in the class. And uh, and he's in that next tier. Now, I will admit there's a pretty big tier of players here um, that I guess we'll call it the tier three here uh, for, for the running backs. And there's at least five players in this tier that i would say so like i'm not saying that he's the clear-cut guy or anything like that he is a little he is like a step ahead of of everyone else but i mean it's not enough to like really freak out about but once again i mean ideal size 510, 217 rocked up i mean you know like we just saw what audric estimate was able to do and then they brought in <laughs> essentially another audric estimate uh maybe even better because i mean i'm pretty sure that kedron young might be a higher, uh, recruit. I I think I'd have to go back and actually look that up, but I mean, at at least uh, they're probably similar at the very least, but, um, then we look at, you know, who's ahead of them and you and I maybe have a uh, disagree here, but you know, like I, I am not a Jeremiah Love fan by any means. Like, I just don't think he's good. Um, and it's not just based on the one bowl game. Like I'm looking at the, the whole season. I just don't think he's that explosive. I don't think he has, uh, enough burst to, to really like be, to be that guy. And, you know, people talk about like Audra Guestman not having burst, but you look at the difference in the in, in the years and i know it's difficult comparing freshmen and juniors and all that kind of stuff so i'm not i'm not saying it's 100 like just over for for love but you just don't see the excitement you don't see you know in in the numbers you don't see the same the same thing. And people are like, Oh, well, Audrick estimate isn't even, isn't even in that explosive. Well, if he's not explosive, then what the hell is Jeremiah love? <laughs> and then, um and then what's the other guy's name? Price. I, I can't think of his first name, but uh you know, price is actually pretty exciting, but once again, he's a smaller guy. So like not somebody that I think is going to hold, uh you know, Kedrick young off the field. And they just had estimate for the past couple of years. I mean, you can see like that. They kind of have like a type here. So I don't understand why, I mean, I'm I'm fine if people are like, no, he's my RB4, he's my RB5, whatever. That's fine. Having him at 509 in this mock, that's where I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on here?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's very fair. I mean, I've I've come around to Hedron Young, that's for sure. And and like you said, we might disagree on like the Jeremiah Love thing, because I mean love was like what, top five back in the class year, last year in the composite. And he's like a 10, seven track guy, but he was raw. And ultimately sometimes that can lead to some efficiency issues. And you see then a Kidron Young who's coming in and he's just so much bigger. And I could just see them saying, let's, let's give the rock to this guy. Let's try to, to trust, um, in that like odd estimate type approach. Um, a guy who's, who's very solid. And I was thinking that maybe Kedron Young would be a plotter because you look at his production and the guy can barely average six yards per carry his senior year in high school. And that's super concerning. Like, I don't get it. What what happened with Kijun Young's team? Because I turned on the highlights and this guy was breaking off all these big plays. I'm like, he must just be like negative five negative four negative two and then just break a 50 yard run um something like that i guess but i'm not able to watch every single play but that was a little bit concerning even efficiency issues his junior year at seven yards per carry but again i think that his burst and speed is enough at that size where it makes him very interesting maybe he's like a braylon allen type of back at, at the end of the day or object or estimate i think is fair since keedron's going to notre dame so getting him in the fifth and a mock that's great value. There's no doubt about that. I I do have him, you know, slightly lower in my ranks, but it's not bad. I think RB six in the class, so I I do like
0: Young a good amount. Yeah, like I said, I mean he's he's in that tier to where I really wouldn't argue with you at RB six, but I'm pretty. I mean he he was cl- probably closer to like RB twelve in this mock, you know. So that's where I'm like I'm a, a little iffy there, but. Um, What about you? You know, who stands out, you know, in, in maybe the third, fourth round, fifth round in the mock or, you know, or do you want to get into some of these wide receivers that we really haven't talked about yet?
1: Yeah, I mean, nobody else besides we already touched on like the Jordan Lyle thing who just you know, very much different opinions out there, depending on what you think of his size. So again, um, I think that his playmaking ability is just really special for the class. I honestly think that the best comp that I could come up with him is Jameer Gibbs. Like he is so elusive. He is one of the most elusive players um, that I've seen in recent years, like amongst running backs, period um he's kind of filthy out there so i mean just a guy to keep an eye on if he gets bigger and i think no doubt these guys put on 15 pounds average in college and i think if he's sitting between 180 and 190 i mean that's 200 so i i could definitely see it with jordan lyle going to my six foot so you would think
0: that you know he, he should have the frame to at least put on 10 15 pounds uh, but real quick, you know, some of that research that I did last offseason was focusing on on certain teams. And, you know, just like, obviously, like, once again, Alabama has a better hit rate than even other SEC teams. Ohio State has a better hit rate than other Big Ten teams. Miami, it's a smallish sample, you know, obviously, because it was only like seven players, I think, in that time. Miami had seven recruits in the seven years that I was you know, looking at that were top 50 in the recruiting services uh, for their respective year, and Miami did not have a single hit <laughs> in the NFL in that seven-year span. So that's the only concern that I really have, and I'm not saying that it can't happen, obviously, but uh, you know Miami is not pumping them out, as they say.
1: Right, right, uh, but I do think it would be very interesting if he would have went to like an Ohio State or somewhere like that because he was committed there they he was expected to go there at least in Alabama and Georgia they were all after him like he was he was there um one of the guys that they really wanted and we talked about you know efficiency even in high school like Ke'dren Young 7 yards per carry well his senior year Jordan Lyle was like 10.6 yards per carry and very involved as a receiver and all that so again some of those traits that I look for and you don't have to pay up for them, I guess is is my point as well. Um, If he can be had for that type of price, uh, that's very interesting with this mock. But I guess amongst other players too, it seems like we're both pretty high on Caden Durham. I want to say that I'm one of the most high guys in the industry. I don't know if that's true anymore with you, but um, with you also liking him, but Caden Durham is my RB2 in the entire class. And I get why that might be spicy and bold because he's 5'9", 195-ish. But at the end of the day, you can't teach the athleticism that he has. 10.200 10.200 meter dash times, 21 plus miles per hour on the field. You're talking Devin Echein type of athleticism. I'm not saying he's quite that level on the track, but on the field, yes, I think that Caden Durham, he was that dominant breakaway runner all the time He's like travion henderson in high school it's like you couldn't even evaluate his film because he was just consistently outrunning everybody who was trying to tackle him it it was hard to say like how good is this guy with his contact balance his power his patience because he's just so darn athletic um and he's going to the sec which you already said is a good indicator if he puts on 15 pounds or 10 pounds, even he's still up above 200 pounds. Um, and yes, there's competition there, but that doesn't mean that multiple guys cannot be viable from an SE school SEC school um, from a running back room.
0: Yeah. And I have him as my RB three. So I'm right there with you. You know, I, I, I just have Kedrin young, uh, keedrin young uh, ahead of them, but you know, once again, they're, they're kind of all in the same tier. So not really freaking out about either one, but, you know, like you said, it's exciting what Caden Durham could possibly be. Uh, I, I do like Caleb Jackson quite a bit. And so, you know, like I, I struggle with that a little bit. It's definitely not a clear-cut thing. But I feel like somebody that, that is that explosive, that exciting, is going to touch the field. They're going to be on the field, even if it's only for certain packages or whatever. Um, so we should see him in year one, see if he has what it takes and that kind of thing. Um And maybe if he's going to, I don't know if he's going to continue doing track or or what, you know, somebody that's that fast probably will. So maybe he won't gain the weight that we want him to gain. But I mean, he's already pretty close. So like, I'm not concerned about the weight, you know, it's not like he's once again, like Jordan Lyle is is listed as 180 right now. Uh, You're saying that, you know, you're seeing closer to 190 and possibly even, you know, higher than that. But, um, you know, it, there, that's a red flag. You know, like Caden Durham, I, I don't think is a red flag. If anything, it's like, you know, maybe a yellow. <laughs>
1: No, oh, exactly. Exactly. But some other tier one guys in this class amongst the running back group, I mean, Cameron Davis, Cam Davis, FSU. Um, he has the size that you're looking for. Um, Nate Frazier, Nathaniel Frazier going to Georgia. He also has the size and he also has really, really interesting athleticism. We already touched on Quidden Martin, Penn State guy. And yeah, I mean, those are some additional names that people need to keep an eye on uh, and and probably gonna have to draft quite early in your drafts so it looks like the second round range is gonna be fair game for all of those guys maybe in yeah. supplementals yep
0: yeah they, there was a running back run in this mock draft for sure <laughs> i mean you you just see i mean all the names that we've talked about and then even you know even more than that um all throughout the second and even going to like the early to mid third it was just mostly running backs there um and, you know, I just wanted to touch on Nate Fraser. Honestly, he was originally in the top tier of, uh, of the, the model, the fresh Beth, if you will. And, you know, he's actually the second highest graded player by the composite score, uh, be, behind Taylor Tatum. And then it's Nate Frazier, I believe is the next player. Yeah. So, uh, almost a 0.98 there, like a 0.978, which is pretty damn high. And you know, really, it's just Georgia, you know, like there's so many mouths to feed there. There's so many high end, you know, players. And so it's like, what are the odds beyond injury, which we don't ever want to bet on, even though Georgia does have quite a history right now. But um, beyond injury, like what are the odds of him actually touching the field in year one? What are the odds that he even touches the field in year two? I mean, we can't guarantee any of that. And so it's it's really one of the it was one of the first ones that I, I, I truly had to like knock down in in the model and just say like i understand this is a quality player but i think he's i think he's just completely hidden right now and and so like i want him on my team but i don't want to overdraft him because i don't think he's going to show us anything for possibly a couple of years right you might have to really be patient with him
1: and see that value uh, fall a lot and honestly maybe it'll never regain fully i think out of all the backs going to georgia in this cl- in this um uh, class he's the most interesting like there's Chauncey Bowens who's who is interesting but not to the same degree and then they got the the smaller guy Dwight Phillips who I don't really even consider a threat there at Georgia because we know how they like them and big boys but um, at the end of the day Nate Frazier is just such an enigma too. like his high school production he could heart like he was splitting carries like he was not dominant at all like he was efficient But well, actually, he wasn't even efficient his senior year. He was six yards per carry his senior year, and he split carries the entire year. wasn't injured, or at least he was playing all the games. Five hundred rushing yards or five eighty rushing yards, and he was outworked with both carries and touches while being healthy by. Jordan Davidson who's like an average you know he's a solid enough running back recruit I think next year but I mean he's just he's struggled I mean Nate Nate fraser has all the athletic tools that you want like he's hit that 21 plus mile per hour mark on the field he has good 100 meter um track times he's like a if I remember correctly, and he's just a talented wide receiver as well. So I think ultimately the flashes are there. There's just some red flags with this profile. Like you laid out, is he even going to get that opportunity? So one of those guys where I don't want people to feel like, Oh, he's a must grab. Like in the first round of your supplemental drafts, like I I guess if you want to take that shot um, you can go for it, but there are some red flags just to consider with
0: uh, Nate Frazier. Yeah, and the only other name in that tier of five, six players that uh that we talked or that we haven't talked about yet was Jordan Marshall out of uh Michigan. Not quite ideal size, 5'10", 193 is what I have him listed at. Um I, I he should be fine. You know, ten pounds, he's over the two hundred mark and you know, should be just fine. You know, once again, the we we love Donovan Edwards, we always have. Uh, but there's definitely some question marks with Donovan Edwards. You know, like a, what the hell is going on with Donovan Edwards? Hopefully, this is the year where he finally puts everything together and shows us that he can be a legit running back in the NFL. Uh, but you know, based on what we saw last year, there's no guarantee of that by any means. And so, I don't think it's it's that out of the realm of possibilities that Jordan Marshall gets on the field in year one um, and at least gets some kind of uh, you know touches in the game.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a fair call and honestly like a solid recruit and he flashes at least some versatility with that receiving ability and enough burst. And I think he's functional with his elusiveness, but he's a little stiff as a player ultimately. So I don't think he's like a high, high end guy, but at the end of the day, um, you can still be an NFL guy with those traits that he shows, which is important. And that size, I actually saw 200 pounds out there for Jordan Marshall. So I think that might be more of an updated look. I don't know, but um, if he's already at 200, I'm sure Michigan can continue to get him to bulk up a little bit with a solid frame there. So I do like Uh that opportunity landing spots, all that. Um, And Jared Gibson also went pretty high in this mock. And I know that, you know, you're, fairly high on him. I mean, like this is another Texas running back, pretty solid four-star recruit who's kind of polarizing in the services. He's he's fallen a little bit, but I mean, he was like a top three guy there for most of the time as a recruit in this class. And I think just most recently he's fallen, but at the end of the day, like 200 to 215 pounds in that range is everything I've seen. And it's like, I mean, Texas is a little bit uncertain. I know you've expressed some slight concerns with the backs there already, like not that Baxter's um, bad or like we're giving up or anything like that. But him and Blue, have you know, they have question marks with their profiles to this point. So Jared Gibson's kind of interesting in this class, though it seems at this moment he might be blocked.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping with Baxter it was just the injuries from last year and it just didn't like held him back from being who he actually is because obviously he was a great prospect and and I mean, it seemed like Texas believed in him at the very least. I mean, he he was on the field early and often. Um so that's always a good sign. But I will say I felt a lot better about Jonathan Brooks going into last year than I do about Cedric Baxter going into this year, you know, so uh, at least about that that backfield uh not and once again not saying I hate Baxter or anything like that in fact I have him in all of my on all of my c to c and Debbie leagues so like I'm I want to believe uh but you know he just he didn't quite show us what I thought he could do last year but you know going back to Gibson he still has Baxter he still has Blue ahead of him you know like there's obviously other recruits like what are the odds that he gets on the field year one it's probably pretty slim and that's another player, uh, Quentin Martin, that went pretty high for uh, Penn State. Same thing. I mean, you have Nicholas Singleton, you have uh, you have Katron Allen. Like, what are the odds that uh, that Quentin Martin's getting on the field anytime soon? And I understand that both of those players are you know the, are uh, draft eligible this year, and so it's like, all right, well he just takes over. Well, I mean, who's no one? No one thought that Katron Allen was going to be a thorn in Nicholas Singleton's side. You know, so who's to say that we don't have some kind of issue? You know, same thing. If, if Penn State doesn't want to have that workhorse back, you know, then maybe, maybe that's something we need to be worried about. And so I, it's not that I'm not saying that Quentin Martin isn't a, a great player because I believe he has size, he has the pedigree, he has basically everything you would want. Uh, but I am a little concerned that he's not going to see the field year one. I would say almost a guarantee he's not going to see the field year one. And then even then, do we, can we say he's going to be, a workhorse back after that. I don't know that we can truly say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are fair concerns. I, I mean, I do think that both those guys are going to get their weight wise, so they could be workhorses in my opinion, but at the end of the day, you do have to wait, but thankfully for running backs, there is not that RB or like wide receiver um, threshold. Like, like why receivers have to hit that year one zero mark basically, um, with running backs, yeah, we can sometimes see these guys really um, excel and succeed even if they don't get much run um, initially in a crowded situation, especially right. But I think yeah. one last sleeper at the running back position, somebody who is not selected in this draft that both you and I like is Peyton Lewis. Tennessee running back. And I mean, this guy was recruited by all the top schools like Bama, Florida, Penn state, uh, Miami. So like at least some pretty good schools there. And at the end of the day, he's a good producer. He's a good athlete. Um, I just think that you know, the competition there, you know, it's fair at Tennessee. I know Samson's there and we got cam Seldon. So, I get it but at the same time I think Peyton Lewis is good enough to at some point here within the next year or two break out onto the field there um, he just has a very interesting profile
0: and Tennessee has shown the uh sh- shown that they actually want to have as many running backs on the field at, you know at once as possible you know they had four running backs touch the ball last year you know I would say If anything, I I feel better about Peyton Lewis as a recruit than I did or do now with my new process about uh, Cam Selton. And so, you know, and and that I'm sure that has something to do with him being, you know, him switching positions and, you know, like not having a clear-cut position, all that kind of stuff. But Cam Selton didn't do anything last year to make me believe that he's a stud. Uh, So, I mean, he really has to do, he, he has to be a different player this year. And so I don't think it's that crazy to be to think that Peyton Lewis is the the RB two by the end of the year, you know uh, at least. And then Dylan Sampson goes to the NFL. Now, next thing you know, he's the RB one. But I I think that we can actually see Peyton Lewis on the field in year one, even though you know he he is kind of buried. But it, in t- at Tennessee, the way that they've been using these running backs, I don't know that you can truly be buried. Yeah. No, I think he's
1: a great great example of kind of a sleeper in this class that yeah he's not going to be like your 15th round of a supplemental sleeper but if he's not going within the top five rounds i'm very very interested in him so yeah it's a good call but do you want to go with with quarterbacks do you want to talk any wide receivers here what are you thinking
0: all right so i mean maybe you can tell me differently but i i honestly care about maybe four quarterbacks in this class um, maybe and it's really three and, and then and then there's a fourth one i'm like yeah maybe um and, and that's not including walker white i i do not have him in my top four so you can get the hell out of here hank brown to the moon but <laughs> um but yeah I we talked about it earlier i said that this is one of the one of the best wide receiver classes that we've seen and we've gone 52 minutes and we have not talked about a single wide receiver hardly so i mean it's it's great you know we buried the lead we you know we really gave people that cliffhanger and made them wait until the end of the show uh before you know they we get to the the really good stuff and also like you know like we said we we showed the depth of the running back class and so like that was while it might not have that top top end talent there's quite a few running backs that we're still excited about. We're still happy uh, to to be drafting here pretty soon, but man, you want to talk about getting excited? I'm excited about these wide receivers. So screw the quarterbacks. Let's talk wide receivers, and uh, we'll go ahead and start with with mine. And this is, I mean, slightly controversial, but not really. But I'm starting off with Ryan Williams as my as my top tier guy. You know, use utilizing the research you know, it's Alabama SEC school, obviously Alabama's even better. And I didn't even, I didn't even really give Bama the boost that technically they deserve with all of the, the recruits that they've put into the NFL and then had succeed. I didn't even quite give them that boost. I kept them as just a normal SEC school. So like whatever grade SEC got is what they got. So it wasn't like, I was just like boosting Williams because of that. But I mean, high end, the top tier, uh composite score player going to Bama. Yeah, you know, we don't love Jalen Melro, but he's he's okay. Like he can get the ball into the into his hands. And there's not that much competition. There's not that much proven competition there. You know, if if anything, you have Jalen Hale and and really, you know, n- not too much else. And and Jalen Hale's not a proven player by any means. I, I think I think he ran 25 routes last year, if I remember correctly. So I, I really think that Ryan Williams can come out and succeed day one where with, uh, you know, with, with Jeremiah Smith, who's a lot of people's, uh, wide receiver one in the class, you cannot say that you cannot guarantee that Smith is getting on the field day one. Uh, we've seen that happen, unfortunately at Ohio state over and over again, these top tier guys, you know, five-star recruits, just never even see the field. And I'm not even talking, I'm talking date, you know, year two, year three sometimes. And, you know, just like barely even get onto the field. I don't, I think that Jeremiah Smith is special enough to where that's not truly going to be a problem, but we both love a Mecca. I I, th- I still believe that as good as Jeremiah Smith is a mecha is going to be the wide receiver one this year. And so you know, if anything, you're hoping that Jeremiah Smith is going to get on the field and, you know, maybe get like three, 400 yards, something like that. And like, that would be like almost ideal for him. And that's not really what I want for my top guy in the class. And so that's why I feel like Ryan Williams can go out. And even though Jill Milrow is an amazing, I I still think that Ryan Williams can go put out, you know, put up a, a thousand yards and, you know, like, what 40 50 receptions whatever 60 receptions a thousand yards and uh you know a handful of touchdowns and say like he's the real deal yeah i I like
1: it and honestly he's a tier one guy for me ryan williams so i have no qualms with that i'm writing him up for actually for the debbie guide at campus to canton um the freshman guy is dropping there soon and i'm sure that they're going to have him extremely high as well because ryan williams is a stud super super productive like his his stats are kind of bonkers and just so explosive in high school and the interesting thing too is that i mean he's reclassified he is supposed to be finishing out his junior year right now and i mean now he's going into college like he just skipping his senior year, coming straight to college. I think there's going to be some learning curve physically for him, not speed wise, because he has that elite speed and athleticism, Um, that testing speed and all that is great, but he's like 165 pounds. I I think that is something he needs to work on, but he will work on it. Like let's not act as though these guys don't bulk up and get stronger as they get older. The guy's like 17 right now, 17 ish. Um, I have no, out that he's going to put on some weight. So yeah, Ryan Williams, tier one. I, I still have Jeremiah Smith just a slightly above because he seems a little bit more safe at this point. I mean, 6'3, 214. Number one, my receiver across the board, five-star guy, very productive high school player. He's very athletic guy too. one state um, state meet in 110 hurdles and 400 meter hurdles. And I mean, the guy just has kind of all these traits that you that you see in all the comps out there that I could think of are established NFL studs. So at the end of the day, Jeremiah Smith is awesome. There's not maybe as much um, opportunity for production there year one, but I mean, man, he's, he's still going to get on the field there sooner rather than later, I would think. But the one guy that is pretty consensus amongst the industry in tier one but I don't think you believe should be there is Micah Hudson, Texas tech wide receiver. And the guy is a five-star recruit coming out. And I mean, all the schools were after him top top end offers, but he decided to stay home, stayed in Texas. He's a Texas kid. And I mean, he's a guy who was balled out throughout his high school career, but, and I mean, he really flashes everything on film that you want to see. But at the end of the day, I mean, there, there are some concerns there. Um, Walk me through your thoughts on Micah Hudson, John.
0: Yeah, I can't, it seems like there, there's plenty of people that want him to be the wide receiver one in the class. And I've, I've seen him talked about it, you know, talked about that way. He went as the wide receiver two at the one Oh two in this mock draft. Um, And I just, I don't get it. I it's Texas tech, which, you know, not, not the greatest landing spot. <laughs> we'll just say, um, you know, a very wide open landing spot. So he should, he should get on the field immediately. And I, and I think that's why people are getting excited about him, but, and, and he is a very high end recruit, you know, high end five-star I'm not hating the player by any means. I believe in the player and I really don't like being the, yeah, but the situation guy, but in this situation I am <laughs> I'm just like, It's got to be one of the worst QB situations that you can really put a player into. And whereas we're sitting here going like Jalen Milrow is not a NFL quarterback. Like he's, he's just not like he, he is an exciting athlete, but he, I mean, he would really have to take a huge step forward this year for him to be like considered a, you know, a, a QB that can do anything in the NFL. He is a thousand times better than what texas tech has with better baron morton uh how the hell do you say his name and then uh they actually have a recruit who's essentially just young baron morton so i i don't like that there's never going to be a unless they bring in this a high-end transfer i would i would say it's a lot more likely that he would transfer out Micah hudson will transfer out to a better program than all of a sudden they bring in some stud quarterback or anything, but just to put into actual perspective, how bad Baron Morton is. He, as a junior completed or attempted almost 300 passes, 293 passes. He completed 182 of them for 1757 yards, 15 touchdowns and eight interceptions. That was his big junior year. So let's say that he takes a big step forward this year and he hits 2000 yards. Like just I mean it, I understand that that Hudson can be showcased in that offense and it can show like he's he's the the guy. I get that. And I love those guys, but people aren't going to be excited if he has 400 yards and three touchdowns. Like they're, they're just not. And so I understand that he's a high end recruit, but I believe that by the end of the year or going into next off season, there's not going to be nearly as much excitement unless he transfers to some amazing program, but you're basically saying he has to do that in order for him to stay up at that, like top tier level. I don't want to bank on that.
1: There you go. Yeah. I think you laid out, all the reasons for why we could say, well, maybe he's not up there with the Jeremiah Smith, Ryan Williams tier. So one guy who might be up there for you, I know that you're very high on him, is, is Cam Coleman going to Auburn. And Auburn's bringing in multiple very interesting receivers here. So Perry Thompson, who I actually still prefer Cam Coleman over um, Perry Thompson. And and that should make sense, right? I mean, the better recruit Cam Coleman, the better producer easily Cam Coleman, and they're both kind of big players. They win in different ways. I will say that, you know, some of the highlights that Perry Thompson puts out there, you'd think the guy would be a superstar, but I mean, he struggled to average more than 13 yards per reception his entire um, high school career. Perry Thompson just was not a big time player he was just a very um i mean a lot of screens i guess was the reason why that yards per reception was so low but you just think that a guy of that caliber recruit wise and everything would be better but his average yards of separation was poor and he kind of came down a little bit that senior year as well so i think that cam coleman clearly profiles a little bit more as that alpha for auburn and he presents great size great recruit status um, great, uh, like just huge improvement that senior season. He's been a big riser in the class and he's got that basketball background and athletic, um, abilities and ball skills, all that stuff that you want to see from those big guys, maybe not the nuance, but guys like T Higgins, like he reminds me of a guy like that who could certainly just take on that type of role at the NFL level. He doesn't have to be like able to move the same way that a six foot, or a 5'11 wide receiver does, like totally different roles. And at the end of the day, I mean, he has a pretty wide open opportunity to be the wide receiver one for an SEC team in Auburn, which is undergoing some changes and, you know, all that. But still, um, I think he's an exciting player. He's not in my tier one, but at the end of the day, I really
0: like Cam Coleman still. And I wonder if you might come around because it seems like the services came around in the past few weeks and really bumped him up. He's the wide receiver two in the class now, you know, as far as a composite score and from what you were saying, that was definitely not the case a a month ago or or even a few weeks ago. Um, And it might've been that all American game. I think, you know, where uh, he probably, you know, he balled out and next thing you know, you know, he's skyrocketing up the boards. Um, But you know, I think, regardless of if you think it'll be Hank Brown, Walker White, eventually, whatever, you would at least think that they're going to be in capable hands uh, for you know they they being Cam Coleman and Perry Thompson, who I like Thompson as well, just not nearly as much as Coleman. But it just seems like there's not much to hate. There's not much uh, you know. There's not much as far, far as competition for getting on the field day one. You don't have to worry about the year one zero or anything like that. Where. A lot of these other guys, you probably do, and uh, you know, once again with Jeremiah Smith, uh, n- not so much with Ryan Williams, but we've seen a lot of the Alabama wide receivers, even you know, falter and, and fail recently. Not at the very least, not do anywhere close to what we were expecting from them. So, as much as I just said how much I love Ryan Williams, I I think that I, mean, I have Cam Coleman tied with him. So you know, I, uh, Williams is the higher recruit, or actually, he's not now coleman's the higher recruit uh, so you know it's it's really just bama versus auburn is, is really the deciding factor there and i said i'm always going to go with bama if there's if there's an option there um but honestly coleman might be in the better situation and so i wouldn't be i would not be that surprised if coleman has a better year one than ryan williams i'm not saying better career or better you know college career or anything like that um but yeah, I I don't think that there's much to dislike about Coleman. You can say, hey, you know, they have another high end recruit in, in Perry Thompson that, you know, he could be the one and like that kind of thing. But man, it just seems like Coleman's the guy and I, I'm really not that concerned about him not being the guy.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that the the quarterback and the system like that's going to be an issue at the end of the day, like it was an issue you were saying with Micah Hudson, Texas Tech. We don't have any proof that Auburn's gonna be any better. Hugh Freeze wide receiver once averaged like thirteen points per game, but they haven't had a Cam Coleman caliber to that. that credit. So there's obviously reason for optimism, but there's quarterback issues at Bama. There's quarterback issues at Auburn, Texas tech. You go down the list of these top guys, including the next guy, TJ Moore Clemson. And let's even include another guy, Bryant Wesco, who is very talented, who was higher than TJ Moore, but now the recruiting services have flipped them somewhat recently. Uh, But TJ Moore is just a, a last second late riser. Who's just been on a tear here. The all American bowl. He was just, to nobody could cover him and the guy boasts some pretty good production as well so i mean i really like him another situation where it's like well the quarterback's not going to elevate him to elite levels right away but we believe that there's some opportunity for an outside receiver at clemson why not tj moore that's kind of where my thoughts are he's another six foot 395 late rising five-star wide receiver
0: yeah, and you know he's from Tampa, so I want him to I want him to succeed as as much as possible. We talked about him on the Debbie Devotional not too long ago uh, with Josh, and I, you know, like I I wanted to be all in, and then it's Clemson, man. Like I, like I don't believe in Cade Clubnick, but he's not terrible, <laughs> you know. Like, he's not he's not Baron Morton, <laughs> you know. Like he's he's not bad, so. Uh, and and there's really not much as far as uh, once again competition to where I'm overly concerned about uh, T.J. Moore stepping on the field day one or anything like that. So uh, yeah, I, I love Moore. He is a uh, he is a little bit lower than that than that top tier guys. Um, I have him directly behind, but uh, technically a tier below Micah Hudson. Um, but I don't know. Like, I don't see anything changing with Klubnik. You know, like, I feel like they're just going to, they have to, like, at this point, they kind of have to, like, just ride it out with Klubnik. Um, I don't know that, that Clemson's bringing in any, like, high-end recruits or anything like that. I'm looking at the QBs, and I can tell you, they, they didn't do it this year. Maybe they'll do it next year. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I, I worry about, like, the high-end outcome for TJ Moore and Bryant Wesco, but, you know, like, I, I believe in their talent, at least uh, Moore's and i i'm still you know i still have him as my wide receiver 6 so i'm still pretty excited about him yeah
1: yeah there's a lot to be excited about for sure with his his Player profile and his skills and all of that stuff, and who knows what Clemson's going to look like quarterback-wise, and maybe one year from now too. But um, other guys who went in this mock here in in the very early rounds, I mean, we kind of went over all the guys who were already drafted in the first. Besides, at the very tail end, there's Mylon Graham, Mike Matthews, who slid in, and let's even talk about like uh, JoJo Trader. And maybe we don't need to talk about Draylon Miller. Cause I know that you're at this point, not a, not a fan. And I think it's too early for him ultimately. Like he's a fun player, but the situation's not going to allow for him to succeed. But um, some of the other guys that went there at the end of the first, like Mike Matthews, Jojo trader, um, which, and Mylon Graham, like I, I have those guys actually ranked very similarly and kind of in that, you know, mm-hmm. another tier down from most of the guys we just talked about. Um, but I mean, they're all very interesting i like mike matthew's athletic abilities that's for sure he still needs to develop but he's in a good spot for early production and just big time production in general at tennessee and i i, I think that his after the catch ability is is really something that they can take advantage of there so it reminds me of a guy who needs to build up some of that nuance to the position but i mean like a brandon Ayuk type of guy who can just make it work even though he's not the most developed technically in college and coming out i, I think that's realistic or um yeah probably not like luther burden necessarily let's not go there right let's not ruin mike matthews for
0: you there john but uh um, please he,
1: don't <laughs> but you like him right
0: <laughs> yeah actually i mean i end up being higher on him than probably most people uh because i actually have him as my wider receiver, wide receiver four in the class technically a tier of his own and you know, it's it's just looking. It's looking at everything. I mean, a he's he's barely graded below T.J. Moore in, in, in the composite score. I mean, nine point eight eight two versus a nine point eight eight seven. So I mean, like you know, almost negligible there. Uh, you know, a very high end recruit. You know, you could say, and then everyone's really excited about Nico I. And there's really only what Squirrel White there, you know, that, that we're really truly concerned about. Like, there's not too much else that I'd be overly concerned about there, like, blocking him. I understand that he might be kind of a raw-ish prospect, but, you know, he, he has traits that, you know, that that teams love. And and that we're hoping, if Nico I is that quarterback that we kind of expect or, or hope that he's going to be, at the very least, that they're going to be able to put that kind of stuff together. And And, you know, like, unfortunately... Things just did not work out last year with Joe Milton, but you know, we can, we can hope for much better days, you know, for Tennessee. And so like, I'm, we just talked about Bama, not the greatest uh, quarterback, you know, Auburn kind of an iffy situation, even though Hank Brown to the moon, uh, you know, I Ohio, Ohio state gross, uh, you know, <laughs> Will Howard is not a, a good QB, uh, Texas tech. No, 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 no. Uh, you know, Clemson gross. who, who stands out here? Nico I in Tennessee. So, you know, maybe that's, what's like really, and and I do have QB grades in, in in this, in, in the wide receiver model, because unfortunately they rely on a different position they rely on a quarterback to get them the ball. And so, whereas with running backs, I'm just looking at, you know, height, weight, you know, like that kind of thing with quarterbacks, I'm essentially looking at where did you go? What's your composite score? Like not too much else with the wide receivers, I'm, I'm looking, you know, what's your composite score? What school did you go to? What, you know, what, uh, what conference did you go to and who's throwing you the freaking ball? (laughs) And so, you know, like, I, I believe that Mike Matthews kind of stands out and that's why he ends up in a tier of his own. He's below that Ryan Williams, Cam Coleman, Jeremiah Smith for me, but he's a little bit ahead of Micah Hudson, TJ Moore, and even Mylon Graham, who I, I actually have Mylon Graham, uh, tied with TJ Moore. So, I mean, you know, like I, I feel pretty good about both of those players there. Um, and then Jojo trader you had mentioned is, is just barely behind them. But once again, I, I, I didn't even really, you know, put it against him, but I just have that bias in the back of my head. Like no Miami players have hit. So I'm a little concerned about Jojo trader. <laughs>
1: Right. And there are some fun Miami um, wide receivers coming out of this class as well. So, Joe Trader being the big guy, but then there's NICAR and and, um, oh, what's Chance Robinson, who I don't really like. I think Carr's okay. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's Miami. Like you said, there, there's some reason to maybe not be so optimistic. But as a guy who, you can't really go off the stats for JoJo Schrader because he was um, teammates with Jeremiah Smith, wide receiver one or a top top tier wide receiver in the class. So that was kind of an interesting tidbit of those guys um, kind of sharing some of that, um, I guess, some of that spotlight in high school.
0: Yeah, and that's obviously interesting. And, you know, hopefully that just means that JoJo's really damn good and he just didn't quite get to, you know, put it all together because of having – somebody that good on his team. Um, but I also think, that, you know, not to say it's exactly the same, but, you know, we've seen it not all work out. You know, this time last year, we were talking about how Malachi Nelson and uh, and Zachariah Branch, you know, were, were teammates, or is it Makai Lemon? I, I can never remember which ones were teammates, but, like, two of them were teammates and how it was going to be this great thing. They were going to grow together and do all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, of course, Malachi is probably not even that good, obviously shipped off uh elsewhere and then honestly like Zachariah Branch and Makai Lemon both kind of like disappointed at least you know for what I was kind of hoping for so it was uh it was all wheels up and then now it's it's not quite the same so hopefully we don't have the same thing here with uh, Jojo and Jeremiah you know even though they're in you know two different teams two different situations
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely different different situations there, but um, how about any other wide receiver thoughts from this draft? I know one of your favorites fell to the end of the draft, and I think there's good reason for that, but looking down there in the middle of the fifth, we got Gatlin Bear going to Oregon, but is he going to Oregon, or is he going on a two-year mission, and then who knows what happens?
0: You know, he's a yeah, and and from the kid, but he you know. is, I mean, that's the thing, like he has unbelievable speed, um, which, you know, when you, when you factor in that he's white is even more unbelievable, <laughs> but he, uh, man, I, I don't know that we've ever seen, all right, you, you know, definitely way more about the prospects, especially in the past than I do. I don't know that we've seen a prospect be graded this highly and then go do a mission and so i want to believe that he wouldn't but from what he said at least fairly recently he's you know he sounds like he's going because he's like hey you know like it's it's not like it's not even a bad thing like it's a good thing you know like i'm gonna go learn how to be a man and and stuff like that like he's saying like i'm I'm gonna learn how to be a better person and then i'm gonna worry about being a a better football player and that kind of thing and unfortunately that really sucks but um the way that i'm looking at it is like he went in the middle of the 5th round here right he went at 508 and the way that i'm looking at it is i don't know exactly what the sweet spot is as far as drafting him is but it's kind of like if you traded your 508 this year for the 2027 or 2026 uh you know first round pick you <laughs> know like that kind of thing so you're basically trading for a future first with uh with that and i mean i guess obviously there's the concerns that he might fall off after two years and that i'm not worried about the age like that like that's not going to be a problem we've seen plenty of older players go into the nfl and be just fine so the age isn't going to be a problem being two years older it's going to be did he stop training did he you know focus on other things beyond that that's going to be the concern but the way that i'm thinking about it at least right now is you're getting a first round who who should be a first round pick in a supplemental freshman draft, whatever in the fifth round. And so I'm kind of looking at it as like, you know, you're, you're making that trade like a, a a fifth round pick now for a future first, like that kind of deal. Maybe that's just me being optimistic, but man, like I want to believe that he can come back and just be that damn good because what's going to happen. He's coming back to Dante Moore, and well, maybe, Yeah, probably. Uh, Because, I mean, Dante Moore is is not going to see the field until next year. There's obviously the chance that he could just be a one-and-done kind of deal. But there's probably a better chance that he plays two years and then goes on to the NFL. So he should be coming back to Dante Moore being his quarterback you know, at least having, we know obviously the landing system and all that kind of stuff. We're we're excited about that. We're excited about Oregon. So everything's great. There's a reason why they, they recruited him where they did and how they did. And he could have gone to so many other schools, but they, they recruited him to Oregon. So it's a very difficult situation. Um, I, I, he probably should go in the fifth round, something around there. You know, like I, it's really tough to say exactly where he should, should go, but, uh, He's basically just going to sit there and rot on your roster, but maybe one day he'll be a pretty exciting guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do agree that he'll probably just sit there and at the end of the day, you'll probably be able to buy lower on him, you know, maybe next year or the year after, or if, if he decides to just forego the mission for some reason, push it back, or I don't know what would happen there. Um, then just trade for him then. If you really like him, like, because then there's at least that certainty, like you'd be more willing to pay up because you really believe in the talent um, at this point. I would not advocate for drafting him, at least in those early to mid rounds, but um, he is a fun player, obviously really, really good. Um, So there's some other talented players. We we don't have time to necessarily get through any of them, but do any guys either from the mock or from your ranks interest you, whether there's some additional kind of, you know, solid players or sleeper guys amongst this wide receiver class, John?
0: yeah i think you know i think cam williams for notre dame is somebody that i i'm probably a little higher on i, I don't even remember exactly where he went in the mock here or did he even go um, I, I
1: think he went but he's just oh, he, yeah he went he went, he went
0: 312 he went 312 so mm-hmm. um but like he went behind aaron butler Ter- terry bussey uh like i'm i have a Terry terry is a db
1: <laughs> which is crazy but i mean obviously at this time oh, you're right, he's you're listed right. as a wide receiver here. <laughs> yeah and well and you're right that he was listed at that time but he's not playing that there um and they might not have known that when drafting but that's um, that's funny
0: yeah yeah and, and, and i will admit like doing doing some research on these guys there's a, at least a couple of these wide receivers that are like you know, if you go to 247 or, or wherever, and you read up on them, it says they could, they could be a defensive player when it's all said and done, but they have the the high end prospects to be a wide receiver, like that kind of thing. So it does get a little scary, you know, when you read stuff like that, you know, obviously you would hope and assume that they're going to be, they're, they're, they're going to want to be the wide receiver, but you know, there's definitely no guarantees. And I mean, this mock was done what a week or two ago, like it wasn't that long ago. And so somebody drafted somebody that is already a db you know so like that kind of stuff does happen and i'm sure that i'm probably looking at it with hindsight bias but like i don't even have terry bussey in my top 30 or whatever so i'm assuming that he he probably fell in the recruit ranks or whatever when the final grades came out um but yeah I, i don't know why he went but the point was I would much rather have Cam Williams ahead of Aaron Butler and, and Terry Bussey who went, you know, at least a handful of spots ahead of them. Um, you know, there, there's an argument to be made for, um, you know, for some of the other players that went ahead of them, you know, e- even earlier on, but yeah, I'm, and I, I can kind of like combine that with uh, I'm a little excited about CJ Carr as a prospect, uh, the, the QB prospect for Notre Dame, you know? And so we've seen, Notre Dame bring in all these transfers year in and year out, or at least the past couple of years. But I feel like that, you know, they have a couple of exciting prospects in the QB room for the, the, the future. And so, whereas Riley Leonard's, are going to be there this year, uh, which is fine. Like, I, I don't think Leonard's anything amazing, but he's, he's, he's okay. He's that like good enough Jalen Milrow, you know, esque as far as a passer, like that kind of thing, not as a rusher, but actually he's a decent rusher. Um, but, like, I'm not overly excited about C.J. Carr, but I noticed that he went in, like, the, the late fifth or whatever here in this mock, and so I'm like, he went behind some quarterbacks that I am i don't ever think are going to touch the field. And so like, I would much rather bank on Carr or bet on Carr than, uh, than you know, some of these other guys, like uh, Paglusi And, like, I get, like, he's a Georgia guy, so, like, you're probably just, people are just banking and hoping that he's going to, you know, do something, but, like, recruit wise they're not they're not even close to being in the same tier and so um you know looking at some of the notre dame players it seems like they're bringing in i'm, I'm excited i guess i'm becoming a notre dame fan here like like i'm excited about keedron young i'm excited about cj carr i'm excited about cam williams you know like i i guess uh, i'm all about notre dame now
1: yeah and and cam is one that i've been just so torn on in this process because you'll hear guys um well, just on the the podcast I was listening to to, to today, I wanna say one of the C 2 C pods and I think Austin was saying that like he wouldn't draft him at all. Like he would just completely just never draft Cam Williams at all at any ADP, I mm-hmm. think was the conversation there. And I, I'm definitely in between there. Like, I don't think I have him as highly as you, but he's just very raw. But at the end of the day, if you can just hone in a little bit of that raw talent that he has the athleticism, because like, he's such a big play threat, which is going to be fun to see if he can just put that together. Um, and he was a five-star guy, like he's fallen down a little bit, but that's more so because of other guys rising up at either other positions or just within the wide receiver class. So the fact that he had that five-star, um, label there, that means that people are seeing something pretty special in him. And I was on the Devi digest recently and Andy fam really liked, um, him as well. And I think the comp that we discussed was like a Christian Watson, just, style wise. So that just gives people a picture of maybe how they play. Maybe not exactly as a prospect because much different career paths here. But at the end of the day, there were some interesting things that Cam Williams did in high school, carving out a really pretty high yards per team pass attempt and in, in yards share. So he was kind of dominating as far as, um, taking big shares in high school too. So yeah, I, I don't think that's a bad shot out there amongst, I mean, that's a guy that a lot of people are going to be split on. So you could find him falling to the fifth, sixth, seventh round, even in some of these supplementals, I would think depending on your league mates and you know, who's listening to what sources.
0: Yeah, I like it. And honestly, the only other player that we haven't truly touched on is uh Nytarian Tuggle out of Georgia. Uh, that like i kind of have in that same tier with cam williams so i just figured like beyond that not that it's a huge tier break but like everyone below that i kind of feel like i'm not nearly as excited about anymore you know um but uh you know maybe you throw them in and like their later rounds your your you know your 12th rounds and 14th rounds of your supplementals or, or whatever but i'm not and, and cause it's, it's a lot of guys, even though like there's great schools. I mean, I'm looking down the list here and, and we got uh Missouri, Bama, Oregon, LSU, Texas, Oregon, Georgia, Nebraska, Florida. Like these are all exciting schools, but a lot of those guys are just going to be buried. And so, you know, it's like, you know, you start talking about year one zeros and all that kind of stuff. And you know, it's just, it's hard to get overly excited about those prospects, but with Tuggle, you know, we, we, uh obviously I, I love me some London Humphreys. Uh, you know, Dominic Lovett is still there. They brought in Ben Eurosek, which is, you know is, is probably gonna be the starting tight end or or the number one tight end, I would assume. Uh so I don't know that Tuggle is like guaranteed to to see the field in year one, but you know, we would also assume that uh that Lovett will be either in the NFL or just retired or whatever you want to call it at that point next year. And uh and you know and then it, you know could be like a a, a tuggle in in Humphrey's show like that kind of thing at at that point so i don't hate him here in the mid rounds i think he's my wide receiver 13 in in the class you know so i i definitely don't hate at least mentioning him here
1: i actually think that he might be my wide receiver 13 as well <laughs> so that's kind of funny but yeah, right
0: for the win
1: Uh, Good chemistry here. So, I mean, he just blew up his senior year too, which was fun to see. And I did move him up a fair amount because his junior year was like, yeah, it's okay. He was explosive Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But then senior year, I mean, he went for 1449, (laughs) 1449 receiving yards. Um, That that was pretty awesome to see. And he just kind of continued to develop a little bit. Like, I mean, he's still kind of raw and I, share that same concern with you like i don't really know exactly where to put him just due to the fact that he has a high risk of being that year one zero and even if he doesn't if he hits that any of those thresholds and technically breaks it it's still probably not going to be like a huge year one so i i want to say you could buy him for cheaper next year if you really like the player now um but you never know what's going to what opportunity is going to afford itself and injuries and other things like that. He has the talent as a high four star recruit. So natarian Tuggle is is a good call. I still like Jeremiah McClellan a, a fair amount. He got bumped down, I feel like, because he um, flipped from Ohio state to Oregon. So he was, you know, ranked even higher. That's for sure. He was a like, you know, borderline type of five-star guy and McClellan fell just a little bit, but Oregon, I mean, there's some opportunity there for him to be like that third, fourth type of guy. And I mean, I, I think he's fallen because he didn't, I don't believe he had the best senior year, but like his his uh, sophomore production was just awesome off the charts um, or at least very, very good from what I can remember. And I think he's just a solid player all around. I'm not saying he's a elite guy by any means, though. But Jeremiah McClellan, still, uh, he's not a sleeper in the class by any means because a lot of people know the name, but um, still somebody that I wouldn't mind getting if he if he falls in the draft a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I have Jeremiah in the tier below uh, Nitarian. So, you know, like basically right below him, not not a huge teardrop or anything like that. Um, and I was just looking through, like, uh, Tuggle didn't even get drafted in this mock. So, you know, I definitely feel like he's somebody that, yeah, sure, there's concerns about him being a year one zero. And, and same thing with McClellan here. Um, but I. I feel like with the prices that you're getting them at, it's not that big of a concern, you know? So I definitely two players that, you know, seems like, well, the funny thing is McClellan went like the third of this mock, but then Tuggle wasn't drafted. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I even if you want to say you have McClellan higher, that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you, but it, I, I think they're at least close. They're at least similar. And yet, yeah. you know, we have a, at least a two round difference in, in price here. Uh, so it seems like Tuggle might be the one, uh, that that you end up wanting to, uh, to to focus on because you can get him so much later
1: right right he is the cheaper more savvy option there um one option that i just i won't be taking at all so um you know similar to like the cam williams thing like some people won't be taking him i won't be taking ryan Wingo Texas wide receiver i mean at, at least at any of these prices that i've been seeing out there he is just unfortunately the guy's kind of a fraud. Um, it, that that's the reality of it. He's, I, I know the C to C um crew really does not believe in him either. But the guy is like a much worse version of like Luther Burden. Like I really think that he's not even a wide receiver at all. Is that all. even
0: possible? He's, yeah,
1: <laughs> the, what what the the Devy wide receiver two right now, Luther Burden, or I mean, depends, right? But ADP, I want to say he is. Uh, but no, I mean, just the the average yards of separation so poor, the target share number is so poor for Ryan Wingo, the guy yard per. Yard per reception, I want to say is like twelve for his senior year. His rushing, so he's supposed to be this like guy who can get involved in the rushing game. It's like six yards per carry. It's just it's not matching up. Like I get the athleticism. Like he's a ten five guy and he's kind of built and rocked up, and a lot of you know, high end teams were interested in him. So I get why he was a five star at one point and he's fallen. A little Debo bit. Samuel. Yeah, right. Right. People think he's going to be like that. I really don't see anything that gave me confidence in him, confidence even in his hands. Like he just doesn't have a lot to boast other than just raw athleticism at this point. And how likely is it for him to get on the field at Texas with all the proven guys or at least talent that they have there? Um, I just, I'm not seeing it with Ryan Wingo. And honestly,
0: that's probably the First, like true discrepancy that we have here uh between you know what how you're feeling and how fresh beth is feeling and it's not that wingo is extremely high but you know i i but i have him here at uh wide receiver eight and that's actually with giving him a discount because I I manually lowered his grade because of all of the talent ahead of him. So I'm I'm sitting there going, like, you know, like you said, what are the odds that he even truly gets on the field year one and like that kind of thing? So I I did the same thing I did with all the other players that I felt the same way about, and I lowered him down. And but it's just the the composite score, like the, the, the recruiting services love this guy. And it's it's insane that there's such a discrepancy there, because I mean you're saying that like he's not even a freaking wide receiver, you know, like he's just a, he's an athlete. He's a running back. And, and I, I'm not even disagreeing with you. If you look at him, he looks like a freaking running back, you know, like he, he does not look like a wide receiver really. Uh, if anything, I don't, I would almost say like linebacker or something, but uh, I, you know, I, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that there is a disconnect between the composite score you know, these services and what they're seeing and what you and, and most of the C2C boys and all that kind of uh, people are, are seeing. And so I'm kind of ending up in the middle. And so, I mean, I, I guess that means I'm going to end up with a lot of Wingo. I don't know, but uh, I like I, I don't want to be all in or anything like that. It doesn't sound like the kind of player that I want to be all in on. Yet, once again, the the recruiting services are saying something different.
1: Yeah. And I guess I'm never truly like out on a player, like never would draft him. It's just like, he, he can't pay me to draft the guy within the first like five rounds. That's, that's just where I'm at with it right now. But again, he's, it's not even that he's a running back, but it's just like, you would think that a guy with that athleticism would just be able to break out more big plays and he's just not nuanced at this point so um, maybe he can learn behind those guys at texas i guess that's the hope there but other than that you're right i mean it's not that i disagree that much with some of these cases i think there's some little things um, that you're still working out with the model as well like um, for example even some of the weights which isn't even a it's not an issue of the model it's just that some sources are saying different things that's going to bring down certain guys or guys that are just um kind of flying under the radar that we can maybe take advantage of who have good production and traits like a David Mume that, you know, I think his ADP is going to be artificially propped up because there's just so much hype and talk around him in the C2C community, but um, there are always those guys that that can um, obviously emerge as three-star guys or or guys like that, I guess. Um, So it's important to um dive deep and hopefully we've given you some names that are you know maybe more mid-tier guys but not ones that are getting a lot of hype or love and that weren't even drafted in this uh, mock exercise
0: yeah and my first film review of a player with uh, Mame, i'm not going to i'm not going to say the normal stuff like hip fluidity and all that kind of stuff i'm going to say he runs like he has a stick up his butt and i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my film analysis the hard-hitting analysis here I love it. that's right I mean he runs like completely straight up and I hate it uh, you know I don't know if you noticed that but yeah I, I definitely picked up on it. he's like running like this yeah yeah he's a little bit of that style and maybe that's why I use a Charbonnet
1: comp because I don't know I feel like Sh- Charbonnet I mean he's a little bit a little bit different in that way but still yeah <laughs>
0: All right, well we we did a solid hour and a half here on the freshman. Uh it it's, I don't know about you guys it might it's probably not nearly as exciting for you but I'm pretty damn excited that I was able to actually like sit here and have a conversation about the freshman hold my own against a uh, against an expert here in in Aaron uh, we really only had the one the one true discrepancy with uh, Wingo I mean other than that there wasn't too much and, and the the one running back discrepancy that we really had was more of a weight issue and once we figure out that weight then it, it probably won't even be a, a nearly as as big of a difference as as, you know you might think so uh yeah i'm excited i i love i I already built i already put all these players into my ranks like i'm updated baby like i i'm feeling good i'm excited i'm ready for the offseason i updated my debbie ranks i updated my freshman ranks like i am feeling damn good i think that aaron is doing the same thing here at least very soon although i did look at your ranks and you did not have freshmen at least on the site yet
1: No, still have been making some changes. Like I said, I I even hopped on the Debbie Digest last week and that episode will be dropping this weekend or this next Monday um, because I did a couple of different pods, actually different topics um, with him over there. So check out their work. But since then my ranks have actually been changed like a fair amount just from conversations with you and just from further research and, and updating all the, like even the recruit service um, changes of those rankings, like some of the guys moving from five stars to four stars or vice versa. I've, I've had to make sure that I've, um, got all that stuff down and it's a little bit of a fluid process and it's going to be that way. As some of these guys are early enrollees in the spring, you already hear guys like Jojo trader turning heads. It's like, okay, well I guess this guy who has been you know, rated pretty highly and, you know, has all these nice traits, I guess there's something there that should make us feel even more confident in him. So um, things continue to change, but yes, I am getting those things updated um, very soon here. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I cannot wait to see your final ranks and, and compare and do all that kind of stuff. But uh like I said, I, I, I've never had an idea of, you know, it's kind of like when I, when I first started playing dynasty, I was just listening to other people's like rookie rankings and things like that. And I, I hated it. I always hated it. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, if, if that's your thing and you just don't have the time to, to do it. that's perfectly fine and it's just for me i I just always wanted to to figure it out for myself and so you know then i started figuring out the rookies and then we started doing debbie and i I started figuring okay well i don't know about the freshmen but i know about you know i I can tell you like who are going to be the best players that kind of thing once they actually start getting on the field and now I'm starting to get into the freshmen. So, it's, you know, I'm, I'm working there. I'm getting there. But uh, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening to the a, a very uh, different look of the Full Tilt Debbie podcast. Uh, I kind of forgot it was the Full Tilt Debbie podcast here for a second, but we're, we're back. This is not Andy Starr. This is Aaron Wilcox. Aaron, what are you working on? I know you're working on the, uh, the, the Debbie guide and everything, but, uh, you know, what all's going into that? Do you have any idea when that's actually coming out and what all are you doing? Where can people find you? That kind of good stuff. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So Debbie guide coming out, it's, uh, it's still a month or two out, but the freshman guide is going to be dropping here on the 1st of March and then, so that I'm not necessarily part of that, but the C2C team is putting that out. So definitely check out both of those when they drop. Otherwise I'm doing some Devi rankings, actually going to be doing some rookie and um, NFL rankings too. So dynasty rankings on the campus can site too. So that is all just some exciting stuff. I like doing my rankings for my own personal uses. So it's definitely something that I've, I've always liked doing so updating that stuff on there. And then those are kind of the big things. Podcasting, same old,
0: same old. Absolutely. And you can find us on the Debbie devotional next week. Next Wednesday is probably when we'll record something around there. Uh, I think that's at least the goal. And I don't know if you, uh, checked in with our potential guest, but you know we I, I think we're we're gonna have a great pod for you. Uh, obviously, we will have another great pod for you here on the Full Tilt Debbie podcast in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, Andy will be back from whatever trip he's gallivanting on. Hopefully, Lucas will be a hundred percent better and able to join us again. But really appreciate you jumping on with me, Aaron. It was fun, you know, chatting up and talking to these freshman uh, recruits, and I cannot wait the offseason i'm gonna do more articles more research do all that kind of stuff and and see where that all leads but once again we appreciate you listening but for now we're gonna go ahead and cash out we'll see you